Welcome to Ununinformed. I'm Sean CV. Each week on Uninformed helps you in being connected to the world around you so you don't feel so dumb around your smart friends. This week we're talking to Cheryl Newville, who is from Boston, Massachusetts, and her parents are immigrants from Liberia. So she's talking about what it's like being a child of an immigrant. Also, she tells about a story about how she found her long-lost sisters who actually never made it to the U.S. when their parents immigrated. So we'll let her go more into that. Uh, so, uh, Cheryl Newville, welcome hey. to Un- Uninformed. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so, um, so yeah, your parents are from Liberia. Yeah. Um, and that seemed to affect your life somehow. T- tell, us, mm. tell us your story. Okay, so, yeah, my parents are from Liberia, born and raised. Um, they're from two different tribes. Okay. Um, my mom was married once before. Oh. And uh, she was in a arranged marriage at 14. Wow. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. You, you're not, you don't want to incorporate that part of your Liberian culture? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's not going to. Yeah, that's just, I realize that's probably not for me. And so, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my mom knows me too well. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm not sure what happened to her first husband, but she did have two daughters from that marriage. Um, my two older sisters, Mary uh, and Lucia. Yeah, my mom ended up marrying my dad um, after that marriage ended, and they had my brother, and he actually passed away about eight months after he was born, Um, and it was a really, really tragic accident, and it wrecked my mom for a really long time, Uh, and they were both in mourning. They weren't sure how to go on from there, so my dad... um, tried to think of ways to comfort my mom and he had gotten invited to a wedding that was happening in America. Okay. And so, um, he told my mom about it threw the idea around and this was about six months post, uh, death, I guess. So this was six months after my brother had died and he was like, Hey, I just got invited to a wedding. What would you say if we went? And She was pretty open to it. Um, It was getting hard for her to be around the same places. And and so she she got a plane ticket and left my two sisters with my my grandparents at the time. Well, my grandmother. And um, yeah, they came on a vacation. Just kind of normal. Like if you think about it, say you have a few kids and you and your wife want to go to say Europe for three weeks. You know, on a vacation. That's literally what they had in mind. But so, what? So, yeah. So, so, there's a twist. <laughs> oh, there's a huge twist. So they were here and um, they came in November of 89 and uh, they were they were at the wedding. They spent a few weeks in Boston and went to New Hampshire, a couple other places. And uh, we had some family staying um, on the East Coast. So it wasn't hard for them to find like a place to stay. And their vacation was ending and they were checking in and making sure that everything was ready to go. And, uh, they, they were about to head to the airport and they found out that they weren't letting anybody in or out of the country because the civil war had broken out. Oh, so, so my two sisters were caught in the war and my parents were stuck here and that's how they became refugees. 
Wow, and and uh, American uh, America openly took him in with open arms. I'm not sure if they. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they took them in with open arms, and that's the thing. There's a lot of this story that is patchy, just because I know as much as my parents have told me. Right, and so um, I can only go off of that. But I do know that they weren't allowed to go back to Liberia, and no one could come there. At least it was really, really difficult at the time. There were wow. so many things unstable with the government. Um, rebels were killing all the civilians, a lot of civilians, including my grandmother. So my grandmother was murdered, and uh, wow. and my sisters were living in cars for a few months, and then that turned into a few years. And so, um, so let's talk about uh, where you came in the picture. So yeah. you weren't born until they were in the U.S. Yeah. So they were about four years here. They had my brother in '90, so they came in '89. Um, had my brother in 1990, and then I was born in 93. And, um, yeah, it was it was a pretty normal childhood. Uh, normal as far as it can go. I didn't know anything else. And yeah. so I remember having to hand wash my clothes and, you know, all really? those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hang them up to dry on the fence and, like, all these things. And then I found out that we could go to a laundromat. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, this whole time is right down the street. <laughs> Wait, and you just didn't have the resources, the money, or it was just your um, mom was doing it the Liberian way? She, or? So there's a little bit of all of that. She still had some habits from Africa because that's what she – she grew up on a farm, right. you know. So she she's used to doing things a certain way. Uh, so her easing into American culture wasn't as easy. And I think us going to school and learning more from our friends around us, we were like, hey, mom, we can go to a laundromat. Like, or we can do, you know, like, <laughs> things like that. Hey, welcome to America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so. So do you feel like there's a lot of people in your position? Like, do you feel like you're any different um, being, you know, the second generation of somebody who just came into the country? Um, yeah, I, I am definitely different. Like, I. Like, I'm African because my mom's African, my dad's African, but I'm also American. Right. Like very American. Yeah. You know, like, burgers, ham- like, McDonald's <laughs> and uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, that's like, you know, like... <laughs> you just summed up America. Yeah, just I mean, right Fresh there. Prince yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I remember. And, like, my mom made sure, she was like, I want you guys to feel like you're in America. Like, you're American, so I want you guys to have that full experience. And so she put us in dance and basketball and soccer and, like, all those things so that way we could start to be introduced to it like throughout my elementary years um and so that was nice so that way I could interact with you know my fellow Americans I guess you know <laughs> my fellow Americans. yeah but like what well, so that way I can interact with them and understand and learn and grow and and, and uh, when we we're talking earlier you were, you were kind of uh talking about how maybe some people expected less of you because always always really? they, they... Be- because you were uh, because your mom was an immigrant. And that's the thing. I never wanted to tell people that because you would get made fun of. Like, really? Like, oh, yeah. You would be called like an African booty scratcher. <laughs> what? Yeah. That was the huge, that was the huge like name. Like, and so I would do everything. I'm like, I don't want to be called an African booty scratcher. Like, what? no. Yeah. It's that, really that, bad. <laughs> okay. I did <laughs> I know it's so bad and like and it was they shamed you for being anything but like American they found anything to for me personally like I I got bullied a lot and so like they would find anything to make fun of me especially like my hair and my skin like that was huge because I was darker than a lot of the other kids man and, so. and I'd like to think that like we're past this racism thing oh no no it's still happening today and yeah. I hear things from like my 
you know, my friend's kids that still go through stuff in their elementary schools or junior highs. And yeah. I talk to young women and they express things to me that have happened to them. So it still happens. Right. Um, and it's unfortunate and it's normalized. And it just comes in different forms. And people either know they're intentionally doing it or there's ignorance and they're just saying it because they haven't been around people of other races, which right. is something I've experienced here in Utah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you can't say that to me. You're like literally 23 years old. Like, how do you not know that's offensive? <laughs> you know, like that's not okay. And so um, that's been pretty difficult being here and just trying to at first pardon, you know, the other people, certain people, because they've never been around like black people before. Yeah. You know, and so I'm like, okay, like I understand that, but. You know, it's it's 2017. You can yeah, educate you can be, yourself. You can be, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, can't be the spokesperson for all black people or all Africans, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm, I'm one person. Yeah. So. And, yeah. And uh, I'd like to I'd like to think that we were getting smarter. And may, maybe it's getting better. I don't know. In some communities, I think it, people are trying to educate I hope so. Themselves. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that, which is nice. I also have seen the opposite, where people are like, there is no problem Um you know, just forget about it or be happy because you've been giving this much. And <laughs> and it's like you see when something's wrong and you want, there, you want justice for it because yeah. you know what it's like to be oppressed. And when you haven't felt that, like really felt that, and be oppressed for something that you can't change, like you literally physically can't change it, it right. hurts. It hurts in a way that is indescribable. Yeah. And so... um yeah, that's a little bit of a, a detour, but um, but but, but it's, it's who it's, you are. It's yeah. who I am, and it's an experience that I will constantly have. I don't look for it, you know. I don't want to invite that energy into my life, invite those people into my life. But I want to be aware that those people still exist. That there are people that aren't going to like me because, you know, my family were immigrants, or yeah. the fact that I'm black, or the fact that whatever it may be. You know, um, I have to accept the fact that there's there's going to be people out there that are going to discriminate against me because of that. And I want to be able to handle it in a way where it's educational for both people. Mm-hmm. I state my piece and not lose my piece because of it. Because I think it's so easy like to retaliate and then like you're just angry the rest of the day. You know that feeling where <laughs> right, like right. you know you're right and you tell them off, but you just don't feel any comfort afterwards. Right. I want to be in a place where... I can tell them exactly how I feel, but not feel like I'm losing any of my peace or self-worth or love. I've realized that we try to show people the light instead of trying to be the light. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's something that I've learned to accept and realize like no one's, I can't force people to see what I see. My vision was given to me. It's my vision. It's not theirs. And they have to be open to it. They have to see it in action. And they can choose whether they want it or not. But forcing somebody to see the light is never going to work. You know, they'll always turn away. They'll always close their eyes. But if you just constantly are the light, they'll learn on their own, you know? Now, it seems like one of your greatest uh, coping mechanisms for people expecting less of you Mm. is to perform very well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, uh, So so tell me what you've been doing. Oh, Uh, yeah. Um, So I... I actually, I'm a dancer at the University of Utah, and so I got into the oh, U. Oh, if only we had video, we oh. could capture this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could just twirl Dance around right here. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I got accepted into the U 
through dance, through the university's dance department. And it was an amazing few years just to learn and grow from from masters. Honestly, it's an incredible program. Um, and growing up, that was my way of communicating with people, especially with all the things that were going on in my family. Um, I didn't like to talk about it and I just kept it inside. And I still have that tendency if something's bothering me to just keep it in because I don't like contention. Yeah. I've always been that way. Um, I'm a huge peacemaker. I don't like contention at all. But there are some things where I'm like, no, I can't stay silent about it, which is where I'm working on using my voice. Whereas before I would just use art. And so I would I would dance it out if I was angry or if I was happy or if I was sad. And I started to get really good at good at it yeah haters really? gonna hate yeah hate, shakers gonna shake right <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and i shook i i <laughs> shake shook, it girl <laughs> i shook it man and so i would constantly just find opportunities to be in the studio or to perform in random places and i got to go to places like new york and and it was incredible it was incredible experience and um dancing for the university was was everything i recently switched to nursing which threw a lot of people off um including myself i wasn't planning on doing that um at all but i also wasn't planning on dancing in college (laughs) you know what i mean so like fantastic yeah so there i feel like it's just my season to try try it and stretch myself and see if i can do it if i can't i can't that's fine but at least i can say that i tried yeah um and so that's kind of the goal with with nursing, I mean, I do love it. I want to take care of people. Um, I eventually want to become a midwife, which would be oh, yeah. <laughs> so you want to do a have a nurse with midwifery? Yeah, midwifery. midwifery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a nurse's word. midwife. Yeah, me too. It's midwifery. a good word. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Uh, so uh, yeah. yeah, helping build her babies and stuff. Yeah, um, that's cool. Uh, do you want to jump into your sibling story? Yeah, absolutely. So. Okay. Um, so like I said, we got separated. So my mom got separated from my sisters. Right. Um, and for a while, I didn't even really know I had sisters. Like growing up, I just thought it was me and my sister and my brother. Right. And just the three of us and then my mom. Yeah. And that's like what I've known for most of my life. Yeah. And that's what we've always been. It's just been us four. I can't imagine it being bigger. I can't imagine it being smaller. But there's two sisters that you thought had died. Yeah. And so like... We just had like pictures of them on the wall, um, but that was it. There was no other connection, and it was kind of a crazy thing. So CNN used to document uh, what was going on in Liberia with like the civil war and rebels in the government, and my mom like did her best to not watch it. You know, she was just like, I don't want to see this, but she did turn on the TV one day, and. Um, She's just like doing laundry. It was like normal day, you know? And she she saw that they had like a whole bunch of kids walking. And anytime they showed like the children, they would always put bags over their heads, either to conceal their identity or whatever. Who, who's they? Who would, like, I don't know. I have no idea. I just knew that this is literally what she said. She was like, children would, they would have bags over their heads to conceal their identity and they'd always be walking. And so she saw a group of girls with bags on their heads and, um, my sister Lucia has a birthmark on her leg. And wow. so my mom saw this girl walking on TV and she saw the birthmark on her leg. No. Yeah. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Literally the second she turned, she was folding the clothes and she turned and then she saw the birthmark and then they clipped to something else. 
So it, could, I, it was like maybe a five second window that she hadn't looked up or she had done something else. She just would never have known. Uh, so what happened next? Yeah. Like, what, what, how did she pursue this? So I had an um, uncle in Ghana. And so my mom got in contact with him and she was like frantic. I remember her just like crying and being like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so she like called my uncle and he somehow got them to Ghana and they grew up there. And they were refugees in Ghana. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And so they're in Ghana now? Nope. They went back to Liberia about seven years ago. How old are they now? In their 30s. Wow. Yeah, they're way older than me. So like I said, my mom got married And they married have like families and, and children? Yeah. yeah. So my uh, oldest sister has three, three children. Um, and my second oldest sister, Mary, she just got married. Oh, not just. I guess in like... I was in high school when she got married, so it was 2010. (laughs) Yeah, that was like 2010, I guess, which is crazy. But she has a daughter and then a baby boy. She just had a baby boy. And so, what? You just Skype and I. I honestly didn't Skype them until just Christmas of 2014. That was the first time I saw my sister Mary for the first time. What was it like? It was. it, It shocked me. Cause she looked so much like my mom. Wow. So like she showed up, but it was like a younger version of my mom and it scared <laughs> me at first. And then I just didn't realize, but I was like crying and like people were like getting me tissues and stuff, but I couldn't like, I felt so much, but I didn't realize I was crying at the same time. Like I couldn't say anything cause I was just looking at her and I just knew that she was my sister. Like there was no question. And and like she was crying too, and then we just like talked forever. Like I didn't grill her with questions. Like obviously I wanted it to flow, but I was like, I want to know more about like tell me, your tell me end of things. Yeah. And so she did. She told me a ton. Some things were hard to hear, just because she was like, you know what? I thought mom abandoned us and just like started a new family in um, America without us. And, and she had no idea. She had no idea that my mom was trying to send. Because grandma was killed. Grandma was killed. My mom tried to send money for them, and they would always, it would always get stolen. And so um, they just thought my mom wasn't trying to reach out to them. Wow. And so that was hard to hear. And, and uh, So this was a, a great... Yeah, it's hard to say who benefited more from this. Yeah. Um, but it was bringing a family back together. Totally. And I, it was healing. It was definitely healing on both ends to just hear her side, for her to hear what was going on here, yeah. gave her comfort... When I saw her just on the screen, that was so much. But to see her in person would be. Can it happen? When is it going to happen? I don't know. Like there's there's a potential that it could, um, but there's always been potentials that it could happen. Right. And so I'm learning to be realistic, to be practical, and to be patient because I've waited this long. Like, what's a few more years until I get myself on, like on the ground, start working. I can save up and I can go and make that a personal trip. Like go back, like. Think like do ancestry work, talk to relatives, and figure out more of my story because right. I don't know anything, and a lot of things got destroyed in the war. To just go and and figure things out would be really awesome. Do some investigative work. There- yeah, I do have an opportunity to go to Africa this summer. Oh yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so I um I'm gonna be going to Uganda for three months with um, an NGO. Um, 
and it's Help International. I'm Which I'm very familiar with because very. I was a volunteer with Help International. Mm-hmm. I went to India. So but that's cool. a different podcast for a different time. Let's hear, <laughs> yeah, let's hear what yeah. you're doing. So um, there's a lot of things happening there now. Um, because I am going the medical route, I'll definitely want to work in the clinics and like the maternity ward and all that stuff. Um, there's classrooms that are going to be built in orphanages as well. And so I'll be helping out with that. And um, I would love to have some dance classes and women empowerment yes. classes. So that's kind of something I personally want to do that I'm working out a program. So that way, because their goal with Help International is sustainability. So I want to yeah. create something that will continue on after I leave. Um, so I'm trying to think of how dance classes can be effective and maybe work it into a women empowerment class. Because I know I gained a lot of conference from co- conference. I've <laughs> gained a lot of confidence from dance and being able to express my right. It seems like that was your empowerment. Oh yeah, uh, no one could judge you. And 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 uh, so did your mom set you up with dancing lessons? Did you say that? Yeah, she yeah. put me in my first dance class. So you know the value of oh, that. Yeah, and then that kind of kind of helped youth with college. Oh, with everything. Um, and... With everything. It was the door to everything. Wow. Yeah. And so I remember my first dance class and seeing beautiful big mirrors and, you know, they wanted me to do like all these like bar exercises and I would just like run around and like twist and shout and just like jump around and, and, you... <laughs> and I felt free. Yeah. And you became a dancer. I became a dancer. So you'll be able to do that. Um... Yeah. I think it'd be cool. That's fantastic. And maybe some nursing things. Totally. Definitely working in the clinic. I think that would be awesome. So the end of this week, you are actually doing something for that. Tell us about that. Okay. So I am actually having a big benefit bash to raise money for um, different projects happening in Uganda and and also expenses. And so I'm going to be at the Falls Event Center in Charlie Square here in Salt Lake City. Um, I'm going to be having a Great Gatsby themed. Oh, cool! Yeah, benefit bash, and it goes from eight to eleven thirty. And on wait, no, this is Friday, right? Friday the twenty fourth. Yeah, twenty fourth of March. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. If you happen to listen to this podcast Come after that through. time, uh, you know, too bad. But yeah, it's ten dollars at the door. Mm-hmm. And so you'll pay your $10. There's raffle prizes. There's free food. Yeah, all this is going towards um, projects in Uganda that I will be heading um, and also expenses. So um, just to make sure we have enough to do the projects we want to do, to have the dance classes, the women empowerment classes, yeah. uh, classrooms for the orphanage. Um, and so that will be great. And every dollar will go to it. Okay, Friday, March uh, 24th. March 24th. Um, Eight at o'clock. The, what was it? Falls Event Center. Falls Event Center in yeah. Salt Lake City. So Salt Lake for City. any of the listeners in Salt Lake City, check. So, so maybe in closing, uh, what makes you want to uh, to uh, give back through these um, aid organizations like Help International? I, I've I've been having this itch to go just abroad and not to travel and like just go to Europe and eat croissants in Paris, but like, but to <laughs> do something <laughs> I, I've been wanting to just hit the ground and just get down with people and, and work and learn from them. Yeah. Um, I've never had the mentality of going in to save anyone. Um, I feel like they could potentially save me. My mom saves me. She saved a lot of people. And right. she grew up on a farm in Mon- like in Africa. Right. Like yeah. straight up, like didn't go to school, you know, and she has her own company and does really well for herself. So I, I'm tired of believing that these are like poor African children or poor third world country people. Like 
they have so much in them. They're ready to work. They're ready to use their talents. Um, and I, and I'm constantly, I have that urge to just learn from them. And I don't know how to say thank you. Like I've tried, I've said it, I've tried to like do so many things, but I always feel like I'm in constant gratitude for everything that's been given to me. Um, and so this is my way of figuring out how to truly say thank you to those that have been involved with my my whole life, my story, um, getting me literally to this point when I'm even in college, which wasn't a possibility for me um, for a while. And so the fact that I'm doing these things, I have constantly told them, I don't know how to say thank you enough. And they're like, just, just do something great and we'll, you know, or whatever it may be. And just do something with it. And so that's what I'm trying to do. But I see a lot for, for myself. Um, but I won't be living for myself. I'll be living for, for others, which is how I've always wanted to live my life. Cheryl Newville, thanks uh, for joining us today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening. But before you go, let's do some shout outs. As promised, if you share a post from Facebook, you get a shout out on the show. So share our Facebook posts because the best way to grow this podcast is through you, the listeners. So last week, Kyle Pierce shared our post about our interview with the guys who made it big on Shark Tank with a toilet nightlight. Um, Yeah, that was a fun show. So so thanks, Kyle. Um, And and, and a little did you know about Kyle. Um, Did you know that I probably wouldn't know Kyle if it weren't for uh, Hurricane Katrina years ago? in New Orleans. Um, his family evacuated and Kyle moved to my town and, uh, we became friends. So, uh, and when they made it back to their house, it was totally destroyed by, by flooding. So I'm crazy. And I wouldn't have known, uh, Kyle otherwise. Chad Aldridge, uh, shared a post. Um, and, and Chad, I never had the opportunity to tell you congrats on your new baby, Jude. And, you know, I love it when, Names of children are inspired inspired by Beatles songs. And and that's why I'm going to name my first girl Lucy. Lucy in the sky. With, no, just kidding. Uh, that, was, that was a song about LSD. So, no, I wouldn't want her to get made fun of. Melissa Seavey uh, shared a post. Um, thanks for sharing the Donald Trump impersonation episode. The numbers actually blew out of the roof overnight um, when she shared that. Um, she has a pretty decent following, and uh, one day I'll be as cool as her. Um, yeah, so that that um, her sharing that actually made that episode one um, one of our top three episodes. It was huge. Anyway, um, Carly Ryder shared a post. So when she shared it, she said, I need this podcast. I'm like, oh, you need this podcast like you need the bathroom or you need a, like you need D- Disneyland. Anyway, this is what she said. She said, she said, this stay at home mom with no cable needs this to be a little more informed and know what's going on in the world. 95% of my conversations are with my kids or about my kids. It's nice to hear what else is happening out there. Hey, thanks, Carly. And, uh, you know, stay at home mom with no cable, you know. I think your life might be better with no cable. <laughs> um, and particularly cable news. I think un- uninformed was kind of, you know, that was one of our things is we kind of wanted to fight against uh, 
cable news. Well, you know, nothing against cable news. Actually, no, we do have something against cable news. They're kind of negative. Um, you know, heated tempers and uh, um, overly repetitive, um, you know, controversial issues. Um, you know, mo- tons of people get their news that way. But it, it's kind of toxic sometimes. So, you know, and everything is like breaking news. It always says like breaking news and, you know, things that, you know, how could everything be breaking news? Well, and, and maybe we do this too, we, but we say like breaking news. They named a, a, a moth species after Donald Trump. Ununinformed. Um, anyway, thanks, Carly. Did I miss anyone? And because sometimes I don't see, uh, I'm not able to see the, the posts. Um, it always helps if you tag an uninformed Facebook page. Um, that tends to make it more visible. Or if you tag me, if we happen to be Facebook friends. Um, so I might not see it. If I miss somebody, let me know. Um, send a message through the Facebook page. Or you could email us um, on uninformed at gmail.com. No dash in that one. And that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you haven't subscribed in your podcast app, do it. And like we said before, if you share a post from our Facebook page, we'll give you a shout-out next time. Our music is provided by Dee Dee Dumbo. I'm Sean Seavey, and this is Un- Uninformed. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>